this is uh, the key component. We usually, in our culture, read from right, left to right, so that comes next, rejoicing in the presence of God with us and in God's faithfulness in the life of this body of the church. And then, and then intentionally bringing it closer to the cross, remember, remember. And today it's uh, it's pertinent as we think about reach, rejoice, and remember because we come to the table and uh, and a key verb in, uh, in the invitation to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is do this in remembrance of me. The words of Jesus and said, every time you break this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember that. Remember my suffering. Remember my gift of love and the gift of my life for you. Remember the atonement that was accomplished by the giving of my life for your life. As we think about uh, sharing this sacrament together, a meal that uh, is a unifying thing and also a nourishing thing, a meal that, uh, because of our faith in the promise of Jesus, is a spiritual thing that will come into our lives convicting us of sin, those barriers that may be between us and God and uh, each other, those things that we are powerless to overcome. And maybe even have a tight grip on ourselves, that we are invited to, uh, to receive that and remember. And remember the Lord Jesus and remember his teachings, his life, and maybe even remember this incident that, uh, that Dawn read for us in John 11. The incident where, uh, where Lazarus has died. And uh, she picked up the story in verse 17 the backstory is that Lazarus had taken ill. Word was sent to Jesus and his disciples uh, in Galilee and, uh, and said, come quickly, Lazarus is ill, even sick unto death. Uh, but Jesus tarried, and maybe on the, on the advice of his disciples too, he said, I don't think you want to go down toward Jerusalem, Jesus. Word has traveled that, uh, that what you are doing is, uh, is revolutionary, and there is uh, much animosity that's growing. We've heard of uh, threats on your life, and uh, you are showing up on most wanted posters all around Jerusalem. Be a little anachronistic. Uh, you are a marked man. So maybe the disciples uh, were heartened when Jesus seemed to linger, seemed to tarry, to not rush down to Bethany. Even at, uh, at the word from his, from his dear friends, uh, Mary and Martha. But eventually he did go, and uh, uh, it was, and there he learned from, uh, from Martha, who met him on the road outside of Bethany, that Lazarus had died and had been in the tomb four days. Numbers significant to them then, not as much to us. There was the, the popular thought that the spirit of a body would hang around its body for three days, but then after three days would, uh, would be gone. And so the understanding that the body is, is really inert. There's no spirit in the body after 
So uh, on the fourth day, uh, Jesus arrives in Bethany. And the, the dialogue and the interactions with Mary and Martha are very instructive to us as we come to the table, which is a place where we meet Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And because of this story, because of this text, because of what happened and what it led to, a very sad and tragic thing that uh, we are invited to say that he is not only our Lord and Savior, but he is the resurrection of that was the, the focus of the issue there on that road. We come to understand that uh, because of the text that the bill read for us, that, that we have another world view, a world of flesh, a world of spirit. It's out there. It's, it's something that maybe we come to accept in, in the world of Paul. He kind of simplified things in that way. And there's a world of, of flesh. Sarks, and then there's a world of spirit, Duma, uh, to, to be devoted to the world of flesh is death, and to be devoted to the world of spirit is Christ in you, and that is life. Ah, you see the intersections? Life, life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The good news is that is that we see in Jesus the full representation of what that world of the Spirit is like. It turns up in his prayer to, uh, to the Holy Father uh, as, uh, before he commanded Lazarus to come out of the tomb. Refer to the Spirit that was in him. The Spirit that he shared with, with God the Father and the Spirit that he was channeling, if you will, into that moment of overcoming death, overcoming the result of flesh, living in the flesh, overcoming sorrow, the Greek word. And the good news is that Jesus is not some disembodied spirit. He's not some being who is, who is left behind many aspects of our humanity. They're dealing with Martha, Martha's annoyance, Martha's sadness, Martha's anger, perhaps, uh, at, at Jesus. If you had been here, if you had been here, this not have happened. It is not necessary that Lazarus would have died. You have that power, my, my faith and my trust in you, Jesus, includes that. You have that power to keep him alive, to overcome sickness. We've seen and we've heard about all your healing power uh, throughout the land. And why couldn't you have been here to heal Lazarus from his illness, his sickness? Jesus does not reject that. He does not say, oh, you mustn't be that way, Martha. But rather, it is a moment for him to connect with her in her humanity and her concern in the feelings that she is sharing with him. Your brother will rise from the dead. All I know is I know that he will rise from the dead on the last day. And Jesus says, 
No, no, I am the resurrection and the life. I am in person here talking to you. Not only am your friend, not only am, am a rabbi, not only am a healer, but I am the resurrection and the life. That announcement, very clear, given to Martha's full humanity. And then this question that comes to her, do you believe that? Martha, do you believe that? Now, belief in the story in the New Testament means much more than a cognitive matter, much more than what are the facts. It means trust. Do you, do you trust that? Can this be the, the center of your faith? Is this something that you can live toward, something that is your tangible hope? Martha, you Martha, they're in the presence of, of Jesus. It's not hard to imagine the kind of intensity and love, the kind of sorrow that's, that he was feeling in, in his own self. He says, yes, yes, I believe. I believe that you are the one who is coming into the world, the resurrection and the life. Unfolds and Mary meets him. They are similar, similar encounter. If you only would have been here, we can step back and say, well, they had faith. They, they, they believed in his power and so forth, but there is another step of, of belief, another, another vacuum in themselves that is filled now by the invitation of Jesus that answers the question, what is my central, my central truth. What is life to me? What is that which fascinates me, that which motivates me, that which generates a lasting hope within me, that to which I am living, and that which in the end matters? So they make their way, the resurrection and the life, Jesus, and Martha, who has said, I believe, and Mary, who believes. They approach the tomb, and, and there, is, there is weeping, and there is another, another picture of, of good news of the humanity of, of Jesus that has not been shed because of, even because of this transcendent truth that he has revealed about himself. But in the midst of this sorrow, in the midst of the reality of the death of, of Lazarus, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the whole Bible, if anyone asks you that. Jesus wept. The newer translation make it a little longer. Jesus wept. He wept. Fully human. I think I would have been there, I would have. Why are you weeping? You're the resurrection and the life. Why are you upset? You, you know what's going to happen. Why, why are you why are you full of that kind of spirit? Is, isn't that flesh? 
isn't that isn't that the expression of of sadness and helplessness? Isn't that the expression of regret? Is there anything else that we could have done? Isn't that isn't the expression of the of the mortality of, in which we live? Isn't isn't that loss? Jesus, you are the embodiment of the fullness of life in the Spirit. What are you doing? Why are you weeping? Oh, beloved. Beloved, the good news is that Jesus, the Son of God, is fully human, and, and that also is in the life of the Spirit. And just entering into that context, there's an empathy that the resurrection and the life display. And so that all the things that he has taught, indications like, come to me, all you who labor and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Compassionate, empathetic reactions are true. And at the very core of Jesus of God, the very core of the resurrection and the life, validates those kinds of feelings and that kind of spirit that we feel welling up within us. And it helps us to overcome, overcome the maybe sensitivity that we have about some of those things, especially men, I don't know, especially, especially those for whom it is difficult to be, have things out of control. For in, in death and in grief, things are really out of control, life is slipping away. A chapter of relationship is ending, it's shifting, something's happening. You feel, feel cut off, you feel adrift, you're reaching, trying to hang on to something, trying to uh, maintain our stability for the world has changed. It is the way that we are made, and God is in that. Thursday evening, when uh, received a call, Elsie that Koch had, Koch had died. Um, the granddaughters were there. Spring break, they, they spent Thursday and Friday with us, stayed overnight on Thursday. Um, Meredith, 13, how did that happen? And Holly, 9. And uh, so they overheard, they overheard my side of the conversation. Grieving with Elsie. Oh no, oh no, how can this be? She was having such a great day. How, how can this be? Disbelief and then the, and the shock and the comfort. I gotta go with Mary Ann's right away. And, and, uh, and then Meredith and Holly overheard all that. So they heard later on when I got back to my house that that as they were getting ready for bed, Holly is brushing her teeth. And she's weeping. Nine years old, and she's weeping. Tears are coming down her, her face. Mavis told me this, and, and she said, do you remember Koch? And Holly said, no, I don't remember her. She was weeping because of the spirit Spirit that was in the house, a spirit that 
that came out of that ooze, the spirit of, uh, of uh, love and caring, the empathy that, that it radiates constantly in our world and in our life together, and especially, especially in the church. Probably the weakest. So when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, do you believe this, Martha? He is asking her and he's asking us too. Or what is the state of your, your soul? How alive is your life? How vital is uh, your spiritual nature? How full of your being is, is your life, spirit? Does that dwell in you? As Paul would put it in the Romans, the letter to the Romans. So that as we come to this table, we are considering that question. That this is, yes, Jesus, our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. This is our, our Savior, the crucified one. Yes, act of atoning sacrifice. Is a source of wisdom from on high. Is the uh, is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the resurrection and the life, and that is the nature of the spirit that we come and share together at the table. It commends itself to us because of the story, because of where we are in Lent. In John, the episode there in, uh, in Bethany with the death and the raising of Lazarus was, was kind of the thing that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, the tipping point. It was a, in John, it was the thing that maybe triggered the, uh, the Palm Sunday triumphal procession. Allowed Hosannas and, uh, and, and, and in the certainty that uh, the followers of Jesus and those that heard about this episode also said, surely this is the, the, the time, this is the coming of the Messiah when Scripture will be fulfilled and this Jesus will be acclaimed as king. He's only tasted his power and his might. He says, what's going to happen? And also, as we know the story unfolded, it was, it was this incident that was kind of the capstone or the that was just kind of completely intolerable that, uh, that this kind of spirit would be, would be there in the world and so that ended up in his execution. That kind of a weight, that kind of a bearing in the, in the life of the community then Can it be that way in our lives? That as we think about not only the religious thing that we do here in our worship and coming to this table in deep appreciation and also in communion with, with God and, uh, and maybe a broader understanding of the full humanity of Jesus that he makes sacred because he lived that out fully 
and our weeping because of his weeping, and also because of his tender dealing with Mary and Martha and all those who were grieving, and thus with us too, all those things, but then also to live with the invitation, the, the direct admonition from Paul and Romans. Are we going to live by the flesh or live by the spirit? Are we going to anchor our hope in something else? In the kind of arrangements we make for our own security in, uh, in our, our nation or where we happen to, to live and move and have our being physically <laughs> Is that the center of our hope? Is that where our life radiates around? Is that where we spend most of our time? Is that what ultimately fascinates us and motivates us? Is that where we devote our attention? Is that what we love? Or, or can we allow the resurrection and the life Spilling into our souls, right now maybe even as we've encountered the scripture, as we think about coming to the table, to really become the center of our hope that Jesus is the fulfillment of the God who loves. And the story fills out even more places. It reaches into nooks and crannies of our own lives and our own reactions that we thought were, well, maybe that's just human, or maybe that's just me. The story, connected with all the other stories of Jesus, reflections on his stories, no, no, in Jesus, God knows and cares. God wants to be the center of those reactions, too, to embrace them and then transform them. So that in situations of grief, such as in Bethany on that day, Paul's words will reign. We grieve, yes, we grieve, but not as people without hope. We would write to his Romans, to the Romans again, that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because of the love of God, Spirit poured into our lives. It's essential to Spirit, beloved. And our invitation is to let it be that and permeate our lives here and out there. Let's sing, I am the bread. Stanza that says, I am the resurrection and the life. 557. 